ball is in your court to turn the company around. Ubisoft's CEO, Yves Guimont, told his developers, pushing Ubisoft Paris to the verge of a union strike, quickly serving up an apology and clarifying his comments when he was reminded whose house this is. And Microsoft just laid off 10,000 people across the company. We'll talk about what this affects and much, much more right now on Gaming News Weekly. Gaming News Weekly is back. We are the best weekly video game news show out there. Every single Monday, we're coming to you talking about all the biggest things happening in the video game industry. My name is E-Rock the Red, joined by this guy, Full Clip. What's going on, man? How are you today? Yo, doing all right. I mean, living the dream. Another week, another round of gaming news for the people. Oh, man. Is that the dream? I mean... I think so. All right. Then then we're living it, dude. Man doesn't feel like the dream sometimes it just doesn't feel like the dream but you know if you yeah. tell me it's the dream shit it's the dream that's well, all i'm saying copious Maybe. amounts of drugs alcohol oh yeah you gotta yeah. yeah you're you're doing I it different to that part. than i am i'm missing something <laughs> um but you know hang on let me take some notes drugs alcohol <laughs> shopping um, list yeah 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 M- mm. money i'm gonna add money that would be nice yeah but yeah um, I'm glad that uh, you're, you're happy. To be, I'm happy to be here too. It's uh, I I do need a little bit more drugs, a little bit more alcohol. But it's been a long week, man. It's uh, right now it's a Thursday as we're recording this. We'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. Thursday night recording. Um, dude, and this has been. It feels like I've been just. It feels like it's. I don't even know. Been a million days since last weekend, but uh, yeah, it's, it's approaching quickly. I'm really excited. I'm gonna just. Uh, what was the, the list? I'm gonna have a lot of drugs, alcohol, drugs, alcohol and hopefully money. Money, yeah. yeah. Um, there we go. What have you been up to? You been doing anything fun? Playing any games or anything? Uh, for once, I didn't really play anything new. I've just been uh, going on that PC playthrough of Cyberpunk. Not making a whole lot of progress because I'm just enjoying it. Doing the little side missions here and nice. there. It's uh, it, it's fun to relive it. Yeah, I was just thinking. It was today, and I was like, I need to find, like, a good story-based game to play. I'm, I've been playing a lot of multiplayer games, um, and lately a lot of indie games. So I discovered, so now that I'm, you know, new to the whole Steam community, I've discovered game bundles. And specifically, I've discovered mystery bundles. Now, um, so there's a website called Fanatical. And they offer these like bundles. They had a bunch that was like a dollar for a couple older games, and I was like, sweet. And then they had a mystery bundle, and it was you get ten games for six ninety nine, and you don't know what they are. It's just like it's just any it's just a bunch of Steam codes that you get, and um, mostly like indie. I mean, they're all indie games. There are a few like triple yeah. <laughs> um, A, double uh, A titles that are in these things uh, that I've seen people get, but. Uh, I did not get any. Oh, I got border. I got one of the Borderlands games in one of them. So that was about as big of a game I got. Um, and then I got a game called Hot Shots Racing, which I was actually like recently thinking about purchasing. So that was cool. Um, but I've been playing two games. I've been playing. 
a game called Round Guard, and this game is amazing. You ever play Peggle? I don't think so. So Peggle is the game where like you have like a little cannon at the top of the screen, and underneath there's all these pegs, and you have to like get all the orange pegs, and like uh, and you have a certain amount of balls to do it in. This takes that idea and it makes it like a role-playing game, believe it or not. So on the screen, there are these monsters that you have to shoot with your little cannon. And the pegs, instead of just colorful pegs, there's like mana ones and health ones to like recharge as you go. So it's a super simple game, but there's like a lot to it. So as you play, you get like better equipment and you upgrade your character and stuff like that. So you're more powerful. And dude, I've been addicted. I've been having so much fun just sitting there playing on my Steam Deck. It's a perfect game for that because it's like, you know, it's simple, it's dumb, and it's uh, just a lot of fun. So that and um, another game called Everhood I started. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying uh, the the Steam Deck quite a bit. It's nice to be able to just play on a go. I'm not playing any huge games on it right now. I pl- I'm... I'm in the middle of that Star Wars Fallen whatever, whatever. It's Fallen Order. No, wait, is Order? that the new yeah. one? I don't know if that's the new oh, one. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, the old Star Wars game, the Jedi one. And um, that's fun. I got to get more into that, though. When I'm playing, it's just like I'm either, you know, I got my, my wife's with me or something's on the TV, so I don't have the sound blast. And then that one I want to, you know, I want to get the headphones in or, or play it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man. Everyone should have one. Steam Deck. Best thing ever. So has, this, has the Steam Deck like uh, performed pretty well with everything you've thrown at it so far? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, like a few of the games that I've played that say on Steam, unsupported for Steam Deck, mm-hmm. have worked perfectly. Nice. So I don't know, you know, really what that means. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Nothing. I haven't tried anything, like I said, anything like brand new or, or like huge um but i did see that like hogwarts legacy steam deck verified right out right out of the oh. gate and um uh, a couple other ones maybe forespoken i don't remember um but yeah so it's it's been it's been really cool yeah that's pretty cool i didn't know that about hogwarts legacy yeah uh, I, I guess if it is eventually going to be on switch you ought to be able to run it on a phone if you really want to yeah absolutely yeah for sure yeah you should put it everywhere um but yeah what do you think should we get get, get this show on the road let's do we it. actually have uh new releases to talk about a few of them <laughs> um all right let's do it let's talk about our new releases from last week all right first up colossal cave came out january 19th for ps5 xbox x S, Nintendo Switch, PC, and the Meta Quest 2. This is so let's set the we'll set the scene for this one. In 1975, Will Crowther and Don Woods created a text adventure game called Colossal Cave. Um and so you know that was forever ago. This is a game where like no visuals so just entirely text, computer reads of what happened, and you tell them what you want to do. Um Believe it or not, kids, that's how people used to play games. Um, and there's another party in this, uh, Roberta Williams. So she was a very famous uh, video game developer. She created like King's Quest, Phantasmagoria, 
whole bunch of games. She's had a very storied career. Retired. Came out of retirement after, I think, 29 years, something like that, to make a video, a video version, a VR version of this game, Colossal Cave. So now you have the story. It's, it's all about getting treasure. Yeah. You know, get that treasure. But, um, you know, it's a well-known game as far as, like, people in, you know, the video game community. More so older people that are aware of what, you know, text, uh, text adventure games. games are. But uh, pretty cool. I liked the whole backstory to it. It's a really uh, uh, interesting thing. Um, excited to see how this game is, what it's what it's like. Um, so it's, it's for VR, and you can play it on consoles. It's like a first-person game. So, um, what do you think? Yeah, this, this from what I've seen, is not going to blow anybody's minds visually or with the gameplay or anything like that. Because it is, like, uh, I, I don't want to take anything away from it. It, it. it is somebody's version of this text-based game that used to exist. Now with visuals. Um, so, it it's not fantastic graphics. It's not, like, stunning effects that you're going to see. But it is a chance to play part of gaming history. Mm-hmm. Very well said, yeah. Gaming history in virtual reality. Um, and what I've seen of it, like, you know, it's definitely, it's not terrible. It's not like PS2 or anything like that. It looks good. It's it's a, um, but it's not, you know, it's not cyberpunk. So somewhere in yeah. between there. In between PlayStation 2 and cyberpunk, um, somewhere in there. But uh, I'm sure in VR it would look fun, you know. All right, next up, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden. Both came out January 19th uh, for different consoles. <laughs> not going to get into it. Basically, these are just re um, redone versions of previous games. It's the first time that they're made available on these consoles. Um, so, yeah, they're on the Nintendo Switch, the Xbox, uh, that sort of thing. They're on Game Pass. If you're on Game Pass, both of these came to Game Pass, which I thought was really cool. Um but what they are, I mean, they're they're just JRPG classics. I'm sure everybody's heard of the Persona games. This is where they really started. Persona 3 was the one that it kind of, it became, you know, a cult phenomenon. You you, you got to live your life as these kids. You go to school and you fight demons at the same time. It's like, um, they're they're very interesting. I played Persona 4 Golden. That was the only one of the of the last three that I played, and I loved it. But it was a commitment, man. You had to like live your life inside the game. Wow. Um, so you had to go to like school and go to like these clubs and then hang out with your friends. And then at night you had to go into a television and kill demons. So Yeah, I don't know much at all about this entire series of games or or especially like when you start breaking it down into Persona 3 Portable. So I looked up a little bit on that. I, I kind of found out that there is apparently no definitive edition of Persona 3 that has everything, and that this Persona 3 portable was for the PlayStation portable. I kind of found that interesting, because that, that, to me, is kind of like Mario 64 or Quake 64 coming to the PlayStation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the same thing with, like, Persona 4 Golden uh, was made for the, play, the PlayStation Vita. And it soon came to, I think it came to PC a couple years ago. Uh, but before, yeah, this is the first time that they're available on consoles. Now, they're... Um, you know, they've got new updated graphics and stuff, so it's not a one-to-one, you know, um, 
just it's just not plopped right on there. It's just not a port yeah. of the old game. So um, so that'll be nice. And uh, yeah, again, this is gaming history. Not as much history as the Colossal Cave, but I mean, Persona Three uh, and Persona Four really did change the way um, JRPGs were perceived. I mean, these are these are classics. They were, you know. I don't even know what they were reviewed at, but you know, close to 10. Yeah, I was looking at the trailers and reviews on YouTube for these, and there's nothing but love from the comment section, which you don't really see on YouTube, it's so true. that says something. That is, that is very true. Um, all right, and then last up, Fire Emblem Engage came out January 20th on Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is another in the Fire Emblem series. It's a tactical role-playing game. Uh, beautiful visuals. And uh, this one has, like, a lot of, um, you know, stuff for the for the people that have been playing it from the beginning of the series. It talks about a lot of the original characters, some of the old characters. It's got, like, their powers in it. Um, so if you've been playing early on, you'll, you'll get a little bit more out of it. But you don't need to uh, have a knowledge of that. It's just kind of a little bit extra for the people that have been playing Fire Emblem. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you, you could have the powers of some of the past heroes uh as as you're going along so you ever get into these um tactical rpgs i think we've talked about it before no um th this out of this list of new releases look like the the one that i would be most likely to pick up and play just gameplay wise though yeah yeah buddy of mine like he's been so excited for this game for a while i think you know every time i do, we do talk about tactical R tactical rpgs i'm sure i mentioned him because like it's his favorite style of game and i'm like okay but after now playing that Marvel game, um, I get I get a little bit more. You know, I, I understand it a little bit more. So yeah, which one is that? Midnight Suns. The Midnight Suns. Yes, yeah. yes. Which I I have to go back and play more of that. I kind of forgot about it once I found Fortnite. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, Fire Emblem Engage right now it's about eighty two. On Metacritic, so again, uh, great reviews for that one, and uh, I'm sure anybody that's a fan of the series was already getting it anyways, despite what the reviews were going to be. So, all right, that's it, dude. We had new releases. They were, you know, they were there. Nothing that you and I are too excited for, but but there's next week. There's always next week. We always say here on Gaming News Weekly. All right, so let's move things along. Let's talk about our news of the week. All right, so our top story here on Gaming News Weekly. It's a little bit of a sad one. Uh, Microsoft has laid off 10,000 people throughout the company. Um, you know, there was a, they, they talked about the reasons why. Basically, it, come, it boils down to a few quotes from uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella. Uh, they said, as we saw customers accelerate their digital spend during the pandemic, we're now seeing them optimize their digital spend to do more with less. We're also seeing organizations in every industry and geography exercise caution as some parts of the world are in a recession and other parts are anticipating one. So, um, yeah, they had to do it. You know, they're, uh, they're expecting um, quite a loss in profits for this year. I mean, I think we're looking at billion dollars um they were expecting and um you know they're trying to focus basically another thing they said they're reprioritizing 
to focus on different key areas. So, um, yeah, what that means, I mean, I don't know. We're starting to hear stories from, you know, people in the industry saying that they were one of the ones laid off. Um, you know, we're seeing in tweets that, that different parts of the company that, that people were laid off. So, um, what else? So they said, uh, the CEO also said it was difficult but necessary and that Microsoft will emerge from this stronger and more competitive. Um, they said, we will treat our people with dignity and respect and act transparently. These decisions are difficult but necessary. They are especially difficult because they impact people and people's lives, our colleagues and friends. Um, so, yeah, they... Um, happening sad but you know yeah yeah i was uh kind of wondering when i started reading these headlines and the explanation from microsoft that they had to do it and i wonder what does it mean to have to do it when you're a company the size of microsoft you've got this pending deal for billions and billions of dollars to acquire uh activision blizzard um and you know the the extent of my business savvy is I went to Robinhood and looked at their stock prices over the past few years. So they're up 150% at this moment uh, from in the five year scheme of things, but over the one year they are down 25%. Uh, so you know they're not losing their hat by any means. They're still Microsoft. They're still huge, probably one of the largest corporations in the world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in in. When you look at this year's and you look at where things are going and it's still trending downward, they're going to try to, I don't know, sell the tires off the car uh, to get to work. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because they are, you know, they're saying they're still hiring people in different areas because they're shifting the, you know, the how they're doing business. So, you know, it does, it will affect some parts of Microsoft it's gonna you know and and other parts they're gonna focus on so it all it's all shit that you know that we're we're not we're not privy to you know it's all above our heads the forecasting you know 10 20 years down the road what things are gonna be like you know we saw it with um, meta they just laid off a bunch of people um, because of you know um, I don't know poor decisions within that company Um who else? I mean, so so many businesses in this in the digital sector in in technology have been yeah feeling the effects of the boom during COVID when everybody was you know stuck indoors and everything was digital. You know, all the all the meetings were digital. Everybody was buying giant televisions, playing video games, and stuff like that. And now we're on the other side of that, and now we're facing the things that stemmed from that pandemic and and a lot of it is recessions and problems with employees and stuff like that and, and the workforce so yeah it's i mean it's got to be tough for them to try to you know find that that middle ground see what's going to happen and stay you know what what they are like you said we're not we're not crying any tears over Microsoft. They're still a billion dollar company, but you know, they're just, they got to change the way that they're doing business. And, and I don't know what that means, but you know, we'll see. I'm just glad that, uh, 
um, I'm, what I'm seeing is that like there's some other companies out there that are just you know they're like hey you know we're hiring people so it's a cool yeah. community to see like like it's a bummer you guys got laid off but hey we're hiring come you know check us out so yeah we'll see um, we did find out that the layoffs as far as video games um, did affect some gaming developers mostly um bethesda 343 and a company called the coalition so i what i'm as i'm understanding is 343 industries got hit the hardest um and uh, a bunch of people from there uh were laid off so i don't know what that means for the future of halo um but i know right before that like some of their bigger names left not too long ago. And then yeah. I think one of the, the heads of the, the company just went to work for um, Xbox games or something like that. So, yeah, so I don't know what's going on over there at 343, man. But it's not looking good for uh, for our, our good friend Master Chief. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, and then Bethesda, um, you know, I don't know what what that means for them. You know, Starfield yeah. is uh, Starfield's still there, just you know, coming eventually. Yeah, we're we're supposed to be getting. Uh, I think this was this falls under rumor territory, but I think we're supposed to be getting an announcement about the release date soon. Mm, all right, yeah. They're having. They're, they said after the um, the Bethesda showcase, I think there's going to be like a Starfield one, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that's probably when it'll be on the uh, 25th of January. Right. Yep. So um, yeah. So it's funny too because this happened one year to the day of the announcement um, that they were buying or that they were going to attempt to buy Activision Blizzard. So interesting uh, little. Uh, stat oh yeah all right well let's move on to much happier news the train wreck that is ubisoft so last week we talked about um ubisoft's recent troubles including the delay of skull and bones again game cancellations uh well it doesn't end there um so this one I could not believe this when I was reading this. It was like, really, dude, you you guys are falling apart over there, Ubisoft. So it all stems from now. Uh, Ubisoft CEO Eve Gilmont, he um, put out, he sent a memo within the company, and he in it. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the quote. Today, more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to to success. Um, I'm also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. Um, And he also said, what was it? What was the line about um, the ball is in your court as far as to the developers? Um, Yeah. So, um, what were your thoughts on this when you heard it? 
you know, I, I, I kind of didn't take it the way I think a lot of people and apparently the Ubisoft Paris employees took it. I, I didn't really think that it was like, this is all your guys' fault. It does kind of sound like he meant, uh, I'm counting on you guys yeah. to help us turn this around. And that's, you know, I'm not going to argue whose fault it is that they're in the situation now because I haven't been paying that close attention to Ubisoft up until this moment. Yeah, I think it it could have been worded better. But I agree with you. I don't think he was... I don't think he was in 100% like blaming anybody. There was a little bit. It did seem like he's taking a little bit off his back and kind of putting it on other other places. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it kind of sucks. These people are working hard. Sure. You know, this guy's making a, a buttload of money as CEO of this company. But, um, yeah, I didn't think it was as aggressive as these employees um we're taking it now. I'm not in that work environment. It, I tried to put my, when I read the initial email, I tried to put myself in their shoes where I'm getting pressure. The company's kind of floundering. And then my boss sends this email saying like, which I'm assuming was supposed to like, be like a encouraging, like a pep talk. And it came across as them him being like, listen, you need to fix this. It's your problem now. And, uh, I can, and I can kind of, you know, if I put myself in those shoes, I can read it with that tone, you know? So, um, it's definitely possible, but yeah, like you said, Ubisoft Paris, um, they have a union, probably the coolest name of any union ever. The, uh, Solidaires Informatique, uh, is the name of the union. And, um, the... The union head there, he called um, Yves Guillemot's comments uh, catastrophic and accused the CEO of planning staff reductions, discrete studio closures, salary cuts, and disguised layoffs. Um, so they said, uh, this is the union rep there, he said, on several occasions, Mr. Guillemot is trying to shift the blame once again onto the employees. He expects us to be mobilized, to give it our all, to be as efficient and lean as possible. Uh, these words mean something. Overtime, managerial pressure, burnout, etc. Mr. Guimont asks a lot from his employees, but without any compensation. So um, they are asking for demands, which one of them, I mean, as the company is having a very hard time financially, they're asking for a 10% increase for all salaries. I'm sure... Um, Eves was not happy to hear that demand during the current uh, yeah. status of thing, of things. Uh, the improvement of working conditions, in particular implementation of the four-day week, uh, transparency on the evolution of the workforce, both locally and globally, and a strong commitment against disguised dismissals and condemnation of abusive managerial policies that push employees to resign. Um, so they are going on strike uh, January 27th. From two to six, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But man, Ubisoft is falling apart. Yeah, yeah, things things are are changing. The more and more of these stories we see from these, just it, it's mega corporations like like Microsoft and, and places like that who um, 
we find out about like the frat boy culture and things like that, but that's really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to these labor issues. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know if this happens with like the smaller gaming companies that we grew up with. Uh, but now there's so much money in gaming and all the big players figured that out a long time ago. They're just making these powerhouses that can't be stopped. And what are you going to do about it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it does seem that, yeah, they're just getting a, a workforce that initially probably very happy to be involved in video games and like and then as they you know are working for these companies longer and longer they're like wait a minute i'm working how many hours a week and i'm getting paid you know just this amount so yeah it's um it's gotta be tough but hopefully you know things start changing i think we are seeing a change uh that's been slowly taking place as far as getting unions in these um, yeah. workplaces and getting a lot more, um, you know, uh, better pay and better working conditions for some of these employees. Yeah. Um, and we keep hearing about a lot of big names who are leaving the big employers as well and starting their own uh, uh, companies, development companies. Yeah. And, and who's to say that one of those won't get big and we'll have the same exact exactly. problems over exactly. again. Exactly. It's the Ouroboros, dude. It's just, the, you know, the snake <laughs> eating its tail. Um, but Guimont yeah. uh, did apologize. Uh, he said, I heard your feedback and I'm sorry this was perceived that way. Uh, when saying the ball is in your court to deliver our lineup on time and at the expected level of quality, I wanted to convey the idea that more than ever, I need your talent and energy to make it happen. This is a collective journey that starts, of course, with myself and with the leadership team to create the conditions for all of us to succeed together. So um, that is kind of what I took um, in the beginning, but maybe with a little bit more frustration behind it um yeah. you know so um we'll see hopefully next week no um bad news coming out of ubisoft you know is it too much to ask yeah that's a lot to ask it for is, actually it is quite a bit yeah we'll see probably another skull and bones uh delay <laughs> all right we're getting really close to the release of playstation vr2 uh, february 22nd and finally, we're getting a little bit of a, a, some official announcements coming out of Sony. So um, just today, they announced uh, more more so confirmed their their launch lineup for the PlayStation VR. Um, so there was a bunch of games out. They added 13 new games today that they announced. Um, there's a huge list. I'm not going to go through the list, but um, some of the standouts. So Gran Turismo 7, we talked about a couple weeks ago. That's uh, coming to PlayStation VR, and it is uh, available for free if you had the uh, the if you had the regular version. So that's pretty cool. You could race in all all the cars that they have on there, uh, and then some original PlayStation VR titles, Res Infinite and Tetris Effect, are getting um, ports to the PlayStation VR too. Now those will also have um, new features like the eye tracking and the haptic feedback, um, and pretty cool implementation as far as those games go so i think that's really cool um and then you know just a bunch of other new stuff obviously the the big one is horizon call of the mountain um they're getting uh you know no man's sky that's still going along that thing that game is never gonna die um yeah and then um you know star wars game the vacation simulator the walking dead games are are gonna be there so a lot of cool games. I think there's 
like over 30 of them now um, that are available. Still seems a little weak to me for a launch lineup. There's definitely something for everyone. But as far as like the big games, there's no, I know a lot of people were hoping for the uh, Half-Life Alex to be announced. Um, but yeah, I, I'm every day I go back and forth on whether I'm going to get this damn thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but the, the closer I look at the details, the further and further I am from ever wanting one. Uh, it, it, it itself costs as much as the console. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds so cool. Like, I just keep reading, like, hands-on, um, pe- like, like, people that had hands-on with it, and um, just talking about how how great, like, the uh, the eye-tracking is, and the, the, so the headset has, like, haptics in it, too, to, like, simulate yeah. uh, things. Just, it sounds so much fun. Um, but a buddy of mine is getting one, so... Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I'll be over there right when it comes out, and I'll test it out. I, I know as soon as I play it, I'm going to want to get one of my own. That's exactly what happened with the first PlayStation VR. I played it at like a demo event and immediately um, pre-ordered it. So, but yeah, dude, 550 bucks. Oof. Or, or 600 and you get an extra game. That's true. 600 bucks. That's a lot of money. Another 50 will get you a USB-C port and a, 10 cents of plastic you could, you could 3d print to lay your uh yep where they chart controllers yep yep put those yeah. bad boys on there yeah dude i um i don't know and i was hoping for more of the original games announced as as having new versions so there's because there's not backwards compatibility so if you have yeah. like one of the first games it's not automatically you can't use it on the new one so which can you think of any spec reason why that would be if they're only adding new features and nothing's really lost? Um, I think just the way that it's done, I really think it's because of the eye tracking because um, that's more about um, controls and stuff like that. And then enti- they switched up the controllers too. So like they used to have those little move controllers with the sticks with the lights on the end. Now they have brand new controllers. So I don't know um, if that changes the way that things would be handled. Um, or the way that the game is tracked, because you know, obviously, tracking within a VR game, uh, where you are inside that world, um, is a big thing. So I don't know if that was changed, that might have affected it. So I'm not entirely certain. They never came out and said one way or another, like what the reason is why they, they won't work. Um, but yeah, and so the games that they do have that were on the first one. Um, like Res and Tetris Effect, like I just mentioned, you got to pay ten dollars to upgrade to the the newest version of that, the PSVR two one. So, yeah, I don't know. It's leaving a little a little bit of a poopy taste in my mouth. But man, it's so much fun once you get in there. Yeah, and then still no Beat Saber too, which is like my favorite game of all the uh, the VR games, and that has not been announced for PSVR two. So, yeah. I'm cool to wait until, you know, all this shit gets added. We'll see. But speaking of bad taste in, in my mouth, you see the Suicide Squad uh, screenshot? I did, yeah, before it got taken down from everywhere yeah. on the internet. I wanted to go find it because I wanted to look at it more today, and, uh, yeah, it was gone. But I got the gist, so 
Um, a leaked image came out showing uh, from the menu inside Suicide Squad uh, talking about uh, the battle pass and it had a link to the store and stuff like that. So um, it's not what myself and so many other people were hoping for like a just a single player game much like the Arkham series. You know, just a well-made game, but now we're looking at it's more of a a games as a service game, which hmm. um, instantly takes a little bit of my uh, excitement away because gotcha. there's those games are so focused on the making that money, that extra money, you know, the digital content in there. They're not selling you a finished story. Now I could be wrong and I'm willing to, I'm hoping to eat my words once this comes out. Um, you know, we're still a ways away. It comes out May 26th. Uh, but yeah, I want to see reviews. If the story is fantastic, standalone, well worth the $70 price point, happy. And then the battle pass and the stores, just cosmetics if you want to make your characters look different. But usually the focus shifts from the game to like these battle passes or like how can, you know, events, like stupid events to like get people to come and play the game and stuff like that. And on top of that, like the grindiness of a game changes with these. When you have to like a battle pass where you're going to earn experience points, the levels change, you know, you're not just playing a single player game. You're out there trying to kill all these enemies to get XP. So you could up the, up the battle pass and you know, it's, it's a bummer. Um, yeah. That's my two cents. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I had sort of the opposite take on it. Um, I-, I thought it was at least an overall positive, um, but I-, I do completely understand what you're saying there because I feel the same way when it comes to. Uh, well, if I see that a game is is think they're thinking of making it a game as a service sort of title, I know that I'm going to get more of what I like, and that maybe the community interest, which is a lot of what I like about playing newer games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to stick with the game for a while. It's going to be longer anyway, yeah. because these days you pick up a game a month later, it's possible that nobody's even playing it anymore. But So that'll stick around and you get more of what you want, but absolutely, then the problem is, well, if you want un- everything, if you want to finish this battle pass, well, I have to balance that with the seven other games that I'm playing that all have their own battle passes. It's true. And who has time for that? Absolutely. And it works. I mean, it's fine for games that are multiplayer games you know um we saw it try to be implemented with the avengers game which was a single player story game where um you know you had to increase your level and to do that you just had to play the same missions over Mm. and over and over again and it was frustrating because it was like um you know like it had potential to be an amazing, just a s- amazing story-based game. Now, this one, what I've seen, the cutscenes and everything like that, I'm still hoping that it's just going to be a great story-based game and then, you know, little extra incentives for these people. But, you know, to have regular weekly content and that sort of thing, like, I just, yeah, I wonder what it's going to look like. I have no idea what it's going to look like now. I had an I thought I had an idea, you know, based on the stuff that we've seen, but... 
yeah, now I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be mission-based or how it's going to work. But I'm still excited. A little bit more, you know, cautiously so, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. Uh, quite a few quite a few sides of this thing before we can oh, uh, yeah. make a real judgment. And like I said, yeah, I'm still... I'm still holding out hope that, um, you know, that it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Um, so on this article that, that we read, just to add to that, um, according to uh, the sources, the battle pass will be focused on cosmetic items. Their sources say that the currencies at the top of the leak image are XP numbers for powering up and customizing your characters. Uh, they were told that the characters don't start out weak. They start off great and can get ridiculous. Like Arkham Knight's Batman. So, you know, all right, you know, we'll see how we'll see how it's implemented. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't I don't know what that means, yeah. what it's gonna be like, but um yeah, just give me a good story, uh, a fun game, and I'm in. Yeah. All right. I think that's I think we've covered everything that happened this week. Kind of a bummer this week. No real uh uh, happiness, layoffs, and all this other bullshit. But, uh, you know, we got to spend time together. That's the good part. Yeah. No delay, I guess. No That's delay true. on any games. That is true. No game delays. I think this might be our, like the first time ever. No uh, game delays we've even announced. But, um, yeah, I like that you saw the silver lining. And that's why, you know, that's why you're here. Till next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Gaming News Weekly. My name is my name is Erock the Red. This guy's full clip. Um, you can check us out on Fruit Lab. We're there. We're playing video games, posting all our clips of cool gaming stuff there. Um, or you can check us out on YouTube. I'm at Pop Culture Playground. He is at GameFax. G A M E F A X. What else? You been doing Twitch? You been twitching? A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Do they say, are you twitching? Because that's, that's a little confusing. That's what I say. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I'm trying to make it a thing. I think it could be a thing. Um, yeah, check them out. Full clip underscore FL over there twitching. And um, what else? Uh, podcasts. If you want to listen to this show as a podcast, please do so. We're available anywhere you get podcasts. Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of them. Um, and then we are on TikTok, uh, posting all the uh, the best clips from every weekly gaming news weekly. I said weekly, and then gaming news weekly. It's a little unnecessary, right? It's like saying ATM machine. Yeah, we got to drive it into their yeah. heads. Or um, pin number. You don't have to say that because it's already in. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I was trying to think of another example of that. And I had one, I thought of one earlier, and I was like, I don't remember what it was. I don't know why I was thinking about it. But now I'm just I'm just rambling. So you got anything else to add? No. All right, let's get out of here. I gotta go play some Fortnite. Maybe maybe some maybe some round guard. I don't know, dude. I can play whatever I want. I'm an adult, and it's only it's not even ten o'clock. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week with more gaming news. See you then.